Welcome to our special edition Leadership Lessons CPHI podcast series, created for the CPHI Festival of Pharma, the world's largest virtual gathering for the pharmaceutical industry. Where over 10 days, the global pharma industry will meet, network, partner, and learn virtually in an expo environment. Now, more than ever, effective leadership in pharma is crucial to safeguard teams, ensure continuity of production and supply, and ultimately deliver medicines to patients. In this Leadership Lessons podcast series, sponsored by Roquette, we tackle a variety of challenges facing today's pharma leaders. Hello and welcome to the CPHI podcast, part of our Festival of Pharma virtual event, where we bring into sharp focus the current issues affecting the global pharma supply chain. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Pharma Editor at Informa Markets, and in today's podcast we're going to take a look at the issue of females being underrepresented in science, technology, engineering and mathematics, otherwise known as STEM subjects. Now, it's a known fact that despite accounting for a significant proportion of the overall workforce, females are underrepresented in STEM occupations. Unravelling the reasons why this particular gender gap exists can be a complex affair, but it's fair to say that a good starting point would actually be at the beginning during early education. Various studies have shown that during their education, fewer girls than boys choose to study STEM subjects at secondary or high school and university. Now, I'm delighted to say that I have here with me Asmita Kanalkar, Senior Director at Cambridge Pharma at Medical Devices Contract Manufacturer, SMC. And today, she's going to shed some light on how we can redress the balance and empower girls with STEM education and also explore avenues of what can be done to encourage more of them to take up subjects that will equip them with the skills and knowledge they need to build a successful career in science and technology. Leadership Lessons brought to you by CPHI Podcast Series and in partnership with Rocket. So, Asmita, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here with us. Thank you, Gareth. It's my pleasure. Before we look at the potential remedies, can we just take a look first at the causes for this imbalance? In your opinion, what are the main reasons why there are fewer girls in STEM? Gareth, I truly believe that the path to a STEM career really in the future starts from early engagement in education today. Just bringing that fun and excitement of science and technology and providing hands-on learning experiences and STEM career education to students in all schools is really the key to making science and technology inclusive and accessible to all. So for girls, though, it can become really challenging to get involved early on. It's generally not a mainstream activity for the girls to join a robotics team or a makerspace club or a coding club. There are fewer friends or role models in such programs who can help them get started. Other factors include just lack of resources. Some of these activities can really be expensive, especially like robotics when you're starting off. And sometimes it's just this initial fear of the unknown or initial struggle if you're the only one on the team. And sometimes it's just a lack of visibility of a career path stemming from STEM to a career and just having that visibility on the road ahead. 
in some cases, there's also this fear of math and science, and somehow STEM is not associated with having fun. If we talk globally, in some countries, mere education for girls is a challenge, let alone getting involved in STEM education. So what I've learned is that there are many such scenarios that can really make it difficult for girls to join in the first place. But what I've also discovered is that there are many ways to turn this around by empowering girls in STEM. And so here I would like to share some of my experiences as a mentor for a FIRST Robotics competition team. I'm very fortunate that we could host and sponsor a robotics competition team at my company, SMC, and we train high school students to build life-size robots for competition. So here we have the industry mentors working side-by-side with students, with high school students, and really getting them a real-life experience, hands-on experience, and some of the professions like mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and software engineering. So when we first started the team about six years ago or so, we typically had maybe one or two girls on the team out of 45 to 50 students. And it was extremely hard to get girls on the FRC robotics team. And if they joined, it was hard to keep them on the team or engage them or have them participate actively. We found multiple reasons for this. It was not just getting them on the team, but it was just not fun for them to join. Some of them were concerned that they did not have any prior knowledge. Some of them just were uncomfortable participating in the activities and generally was tough for them because they were the only one or just one or two of them. So it was just very difficult and not a fun experience for them. So to overcome this challenge, we started Girls in STEM outreach activities, and we reached out to a lot of the high school girls. We went to a lot of statewide STEM fairs. We conducted workshops on 3D printing, on robot demonstrations, and we encouraged girls to get hands-on building robots and taking on safety and leadership roles. And slowly, we started to see more recruitment, and more importantly, it became fun for them because now they had a little bit of majority. It was like a friend group. And today we have about 10 to 12 girls on the team. It's still not 50%, but we're getting there. And just having that number on the team helps them support each other and be a part of the team. And now what we've also discovered furthermore is these high school girls are now the mentors for the middle school girls. And then The middle school girls who join are the mentors for the elementary schools. So what we're starting to do now is create a pipeline of STEM inspiration for girls in our community. And it's been very inspiring because some of the middle school girls are now all girls teams and they have won championships two in a row. And they are now inspiring other girls to join. So it's really been very exciting to see a lot more girls involved in our community. At this point, I would also like to bring to light some challenges for girls globally, because many of them have limited resources and learning robotics for them is a far, far dream. So what we turned around and did was we started a global outreach program to reach out to the underrepresented and underprivileged students around the world. And in this program, what we did was our students would go off in summer to some of these countries and help with some workshops or help kids learn robotics in various countries like India, 
Rwanda, Ghana, Kenya, Argentina, and many of them did not have any resources for basic education, let alone robotics workshops. So what we did was we refurbished some of these kits that we had, used kits for robots, some laptops, just to get them started on some of these workshops and online platforms. And then we raised funds to sponsor the girls' teams in other countries who could not afford it. And so by helping with resources, mentoring, sponsoring, and funding that in a way that was possible for these girls to get involved who otherwise would not have had the opportunity to do so. So as my experience continues, what I find is even though there are many challenges for girls to get involved really early on, there's also this way of turning it around by starting to involve the girls that who are already involved being the mentors for other girls and start this pipeline across the globe to get the girls involved early on in STEM education and creating a path for them for a STEM career. That sounds like a really worthwhile and fruitful exercise, well, both on a local and a global level. Are there any other ways in which you know, we can inspire more girls to join scientific and technical roles? Yes, I think, Gareth, one of the things that comes to mind after the early education, once you start the education and get the girls involved in this fun and excitement of science and technology, the next step really is to create a pathway for these students to sort of bridge this gap from school to a STEM career. So this bridge can be created by interaction with industry professionals, awareness through career fairs or job shadowing, Internship opportunities seem to help a lot. You know, those can help really foster interest and close this gap. I also recommend some of the industry professionals serving as role models, mentors, coaches, and sponsors. And really, they can provide valuable knowledge and encouragement to girls who want to pursue scientific and technical roles and be a part of their journey in this success to a career path. So I think those are some other things that I think all of us as industry professionals can do to really help get more girls join scientific and technical roles. Roquette is recognized as a global leader in plant-based ingredients, plant proteins, and a provider of pharmaceutical excipients. We address the current and future societal challenges by looking at the potential of nature to offer the best ingredients for food, nutrition and health, to enable healthier lifestyles and critical components to life-saving medicines. The team at Roquette is committed to leading as a technology partner and trusted supplier all over the world, whilst providing innovative and high-quality technical support. For more about us and how we want to unlock healthier futures, visit www.roquette.com forward slash pharma. Now, you're obviously an ambassador for this field. Can you just give me some examples of any kind of forums or initiatives that you've been involved in yourself to spread the good word? What I have been involved in, some of the forums, including the robotics competition team, which is very exciting for hands-on experience. In addition to that, I've been involved in some career path forums. So one of the ones that I can mention here 
is what we being a part on an advisory board for MASAHAC or Health Occupation Students of America. And what this organization did was arranged career fair, and I was able to speak to the students on career tracks. And since my background is biomedical engineering, I was able to speak to the students who were interested in this background on career tracks. And it gave me the opportunity to talk to these students about some of the exciting fields in healthcare and how engineering principles can be applied to healthcare to really revolutionize medicine. And the students were so fascinated just to understand that they could use biology and engineering together. And there were so many careers in this field, you know, from research, design, engineering, all the way to patient clinical studies, regulatory, human factors, engineering, pharmaceutical services. It really helped them look beyond what they thought they could do and the path to get there. And the students always had great questions and they really were engaged, whether it was one-on-one -on -one or in a group. I think that really helped ignite some of this excitement in biomedical engineering. Another of my cherished memories was to serve as, as a judge on a panel for medical device innovation. And it was just amazing to see inventions and ideas coming from high school students aimed at solving today's world problems. It was just very inspiring to see all of these ideas that were coming out of high school students. And I think that's another way to really engage and understand how students can bring new ideas to life in science and technology. Another opportunity I can mention is I was actually on a panel for women in engineering organized by Informa. And I really enjoyed this session because there were women leaders and entrepreneurs on this panel talking about their journey and being able to inspire other women in these fields to be able to take their examples and move forward in their professional growth. And I thought that was just an amazing forum to be able to talk about the challenges and being able to provide some guidance on how to move forward and getting into leadership and entrepreneur roles. And then finally, there are always forums that anyone can get involved in, and I'm certainly involved in mentoring college interns, whether they're co-ops or early professionals in engineering, providing them some career guidance, professional technical guidance, but also sort of mentoring them to be leaders. And, you know, it's really been a privilege for me to engage with students and early professionals to be a part of the journey towards the scientific and technical roles. So I think these are some of the forums from my experience, and there are many others that I believe industry professionals can get involved in. You're providing a very convincing argument, but if there are any of our listeners who are still yet to be convinced about this, and it may sound like an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why is it, as Asmita, so important for girls and women to join the STEM fields? Yes, it is very important. And the main reason for this is the technology advancements of today are best served if they encompass the voice of all. The women population is 51%. And if they don't have that representation in the field, we do not have a balanced solution that covers everyone's perspective. So if you look at the statistics, women make only about 25 to 28% of the STEM workforce. And so basically, we do not have adequate coverage of their opinions and their 
voice in the science and technology advancements that are happening today. Best solutions come from diverse creativity represented in the technology and the scientific developments for mankind. I would also like to add that with all the advances today in uh, 3D printing, makerspaces, modeling, apps, research labs, artificial intelligence, there are many resources available and accessible to showcase new ideas, thought process, and creativity. So my message to the girls is to get involved. You don't have to be a math genius or a coding whiz to get started. There's just room here for everyone's creativity and the new ways of how you can engage and think outside the box and be this part of this exciting era. It is very important because everybody's voice is important and needs to have equal representation. So to move it along, my advice again would be do not fear, just jump in, try it out and you may actually like it. It may be a lot of fun. Science and technology is a lot of fun and there's nothing to fear here. I would just encourage girls to try it and get involved in this path of creativity. And looking at our own industry as meter, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, are we doing enough to encourage girls to chase a science-based or technology career? The pharma industry, I think it's unique in its way where it really offers many exciting careers in science and technology, whether it's scientists, doctors, healthcare professionals, biomedical engineers. There is just this wide variety of career tracks that can really grow into the scientific and technical roles. And current stats show that there is a lot of opportunity in these fields and bringing this innovation and novel ideas to life. So it's really important for the industry to do career education in these fields. And there will be a lot of success getting girls involved in this. And there are some good examples. I mean, if you look at some of the statistics today, especially in biological scientists or material scientists, they are almost 42 to 47% women in this field. So I think that's making a mark in this field and uh, certainly will grow. Where I think we have behind a little bit is computational uh, mathematics or engineering fields. And I think there's only 15 to 25% there, women representation. So I think we need to grow that piece. But generally, I just think that the pharmaceutical industry is going to be one of the leaders because... There is just such a variety of careers that girls can choose from and can really be one of those fields where they can feel at home with more people and more girls and women engaged in these fields. And just looking at it on a broader level for just a moment, how can we sort of move on and actually inspire overall diversity in biotech, pharmaceutical, medical devices, etc.? So investing time and efforts in early education is key. I think we talked about that. You know, somehow we need to get the industry connected with education and supplementing school education with preview into the industry can really help the students be prepared and be more successful. So engaging in science and innovation fairs, robotic workshops, career counseling forums, like we talked about at conferences, and some ways to get engaged in awareness programs for girls. I think all these are examples of how really our industry can get involved in getting this sort of movement and helping them 
bridge this gap. And uh, some of these resources are expensive. And programs like robotics, it takes, you know, some hefty budget to be able to really build one or have teams engage. You require larger space, you require mentors, you require industry mentors, you require sponsorship. So it is important for the industry to get engaged and help out with these resources. Mentoring and partnerships will also help. So there are lots of ways that we can really get involved and inspire diversity, just getting through early education. And then once we have them on board as early professionals, then helping them really take this career path to the next level through mentoring and supporting for the career path. If female representation in STEM occupations is small, unfortunately, it's even smaller for leadership roles. Ask me, to what does it take to build leaders and entrepreneurs out of women? So you're absolutely right on that. If we just look at the stats, if we thought STEM representation was small, we talked about 25% or so, leadership representation is even smaller. It's only 15%. And I know a lot of corporations and organizations are working on improve this statistic and really hats off to these corporations, organizations to really build this pathway for professionals to get to leadership roles. And I think what's important here is career paths, really mapping out career paths for new professionals and guidance can really help them grow to their full potential. I truly believe that that's something that we all need to invest in but also building the confidence and developing uh, speaking skills or negotiation skills and helps build some of these soft skills that will help them grow as leaders and also preparing them for the resilience through struggles and disappointments because it's not going to be all just a happy journey all the way through. There will be some struggles and we need to be there to be able to build that resilience for them and getting them back on track and dealing with disappointments and then just getting back and taking that challenge and moving forward. I also think that networking support is key along with career mentors and coaches. And just generally, my statement is these are really exciting times for girls and women and the next generation of women scientists, entrepreneurs and leaders are in evolution. So as they are in evolution, we all need to be a part of their journey and get engaged. So my message would be to just get engaged and create this sort of support system for early professionals to be moving into leadership and entrepreneur roles. Now, I'm sure there are some companies who are obviously looking at this and wanting to do more. What would you say are the main pillars of any core strategy to get more girls into STEM subjects and occupations and ultimately into those cherished senior roles? So the three main pillars that I think if we want to really look at would be education, inspiration and support. I would say those are the three key elements to get more girls involved. Education from an early age inspiring girls via role models and then career support towards leadership can really bridge this gap of not having too many girls from the beginning to the career profession. And furthermore, each individual experience is obviously different. So even though broadly we can say that education, inspiration and support are sort of the main pillars, 
I think we need to go beyond that as well on a personal level and look at each case and really build understanding and listening to their challenges and just actively engage to help their professional growth. And I think that's important as well. So I think while we have these three main pillars on a global scale, I think individually as well, being there for that one person is also important to make them feel that they do have a support system through this journey. And finally, Asmita, I think there will still be naysayers in this, unfortunately. So what's your message to those who just don't believe that a meaningful change is possible in bridging the gap here? We are faced with the most challenging times we've seen in decades. COVID-19 pandemic is upon us and it is apparent that science and technology is so important and is going to be the solution to saving lives. So we really need the next generation and especially girls engaged in science and technology. By mapping this pathway from school to STEM careers, we are really investing in a meaningful change. If each one of us can help a few, this can multiply very quickly. And from little girls and Girl Scouts to women in engineering across the globe, we can really bring science and technology fun to life and really engage each and every one. I see this future as very bright for innovation and discovery. And the time is now in our future to really engage our future scientists, engineers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. So my message to the girls is get involved. And my message to the industry professionals is also get involved. And I think together, we can really make this a meaningful change. Asmita, thank you very much indeed. It's been absolutely fascinating and I'm sure it's going to inspire our listeners to really think about what they can do to encourage more diversity within our industry. That's all from today's CPHI podcast as part of our Festival of Pharma, bringing the global pharma industry to you. Please do tune in to our next podcast. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. You're listening to Leadership Lessons by the CPHI podcast series and in partnership with Rockat.